0: Hi, I was standing on the mic. Hi, my name is Cecilia and welcome to my podcast. So I'm doing something different. I've created like a reading corner because I want to read this book, The Purple Cow. Uh, i done a poll on Instagram and I'd asked you guys what what you'd want me to read and also because i noticed the best performing episode on my podcast is where i was reading there was a time last year when i was reading a uh, guide to investing and funny enough it's the best performing episode so i was like you know what maybe i should bring back this book reading thing maybe people are actually interested and i'm just giving it a shot so i'm recording this on the podcast my mic is here my laptop is here and i'm doing a small snippet for igtv i don't know how far i know igtv limit is 15 minutes but we'll see how it goes so yeah this is my basket from saint remy i've already talked about them before i just thought it's a good addition to this corner of mine Nigeria, could go the aesthetics yes so tick on the aesthetics for me <laughs> so yeah so i want us to read this i don't know how far it will go we will go and this book is written by Seth Gordon. So in case you don't know who Seth Gordon is, you can Google, but he's the guru of marketing. Like think marketing, you think Seth Gordon. I've heard so many things about him. I've read, I've watched some of his YouTube uh, videos and interviews, and I'll just read what he's written on his website it's like i'm the gorilla marketing hall of fame the direct marketing hall of fame and just recently the plain and old no modifier marketing hall of fame which is pretty cool and he's written books like the practice this is marketing this one so yeah you can read for yourself to know who seth gordon is and since this is a podcast for small businesses we will be reading business books because i think reading We are always told reading is good. So we are going to read. (laughs) We're going to read to add knowledge to help us do better in our small businesses. I'll admit that I don't read as often as I would like to. And I think then this, creating this on the podcast is a good idea because then I think I will be reading and we'll be reading together, right? So yeah, so you'll be listening. Maybe you're watching, listening to this as you're cooking. So you'll be listening and I'll be reading and at least it will also, I'm repeating myself, but it's it's going to encourage me to, to read more because I don't actually read more. I bought this book in January and what it says at the back is the old ways of marketing are dead and being safe now is too risky, which is true. Your product will only survive in a crowded marketplace if you stop ad- advertising and start innovating. Uh, In Purple Cow, marketing guru Seth Godin urges everyone involved in creating, designing, or selling to think in new ways about their market. By adopting alternative approaches to your business, you and your company will survive to innovate another day. So that's just a a quick rundown on what the book is about. Uh, Yeah, I bought it at textbook center. For how much is there a price on this? I cannot see the price on it. But yeah, I bought it. Oh, the price was here, I removed the sticker, it was here. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's enough introduction, uh, in case you're watching me for the first time and you're wondering who I am, I am Cecilia, I run this podcast called My Basic Life. I'm a small business owner, I own a printing and branding company here in Nairobi, uh, from June 2014 to date, and on this podcast I just share my experiences running a small business, And I just put this content out on the podcast here and on my Instagram page, which you can follow, which is at MBL underscore podcast. That's mango, banana, lemon underscore podcast. So you can go there. The content there is different from the content here on the podcast. I try and really not make the same content. So I hope that, um, yeah, you can like my page. You can follow the podcast. I would really appreciate it. And yeah, let's learn something. I just share my, ex. what I share here is based on my experiences. I interview people and they also share their experiences. And the goal is to just learn, grow and do better as small businesses. That's the goal. So yeah. So let's start. Let's start. Let's start. I'm just checking whether it's still recording. Yeah, it's still recording. So let's go to chapter one. The purple cow not enough peas that's the first then first thing chapter <laughs> marketers for years have talked about the five p's of marketing there are more than five of them but everyone has their favorite five some of them include product pricing promotion positioning publicity packaging pass along permission this is the marketing checklist. A quick way to make sure you've done your job, a way to describe how you're going to go about getting people to buy what the factory just made. If the elements are out of work with each other, for example, pureed meals that you market to senior citizens but taste like baby food, then the marketing message is blurred and ultimately ineffective. Marketing isn't, marketing isn't guaranteed to work, but the way but the way things used to be, if you got all your peas right, you are more likely than not to succeed. Something disturbing has happened, though. The peas aren't just aren't enough. This is a this is a book about a new pea, a pea that is suddenly exceptionally important. The new pea. The new pea is the purple cow. When my family and I were driving through France a few years ago, we were enchanted by the hundreds of storybook cows grazing on picturesque pastures right next to the highway. For dozens of kilometers, we all gazed out at the window, marvelling at how beautiful everything was. Then within 20 minutes, we started ignoring the cows. The new cows were just like the old cows. And what once was amazing was now common. Worse than common, it was boring. Cows, after you've seen them for a while, are boring. They may be... They may be perfect cows, attractive cows, cows with a great with great personalities, cows lit by beautiful light, but they're still boring. A purple cow, though, that would be interesting for a while. The essence of the purple cow is that it must be remarkable. In fact, if remarkable started with a P, I could probably dispense dispense with the cow. Uh, sub, <laughs> hey, subterfuge, but what can you do? <laughs> This book is about the why, the what, and and the how of Remarkable. Uh, Bold-faced words, so this is a title, Bold-faced words and gutsy assertions. Something remarkable is worth talking about, worth noticing, exceptional, new, interesting. It's a purple cow. Boring stuff is invisible. It's a brown cow. Remarkable marketing is the art of building things worth noticing, right? into your product or service, not slapping on marketing as a last-minute add-on, but understanding that if your offering itself isn't remarkable, it's invisible. The TV industrial complex was the symbiotic relationship between consumer demand, TV advertising, and ever-growing companies that were built around investments in ever-increasing marketing expenditures. The post-consumption consumer is is out of the things to buy. The post-consumption consumer is out of things to buy we we have what we need we want very little and we were too and we are too busy to spend a lot of time researching something you've worked hard to create for us okay that is so true (laughs) the marketing department takes takes a nearly finished product or service and spends money to communicate its special benefits to a large to uh to communicate its special benefits to a target audience this approach no longer works Mm, Yeah, I believe we've now reached the point where we can no longer market directly to the masses. We've created a world where most products are invisible. Over the past two decades, smart business writers have pointed out that the dynamic of marketing is changing. Marketers have read and talked about those ideas and even used them and used some of them but have maintained the essence of their old marketing strategies. The traditional approaches are now obsolete, though are now obsolete though 100 years of marketing thought are 100 years of marketing thought are gone alternative approaches aren't a novelty they are all we've got left this is a book about why you need to put a purple cow into everything you build why tv and mass media are no longer your secret weapons and why the profession of marketing has been forever changed stop advertising start innovating Another title, Before, During, and After. Before advertising, there was a word, there was word of mouth. Products and services could solve products and services could solve a problem. Could solve a problem got talked about and eventually got purchased. The best vegetable seller at the market had a reputation and her booth was always crowded. During advertising, the combination of increasing prosperity, seemingly endless consumer desire, and the power of television and mass media led to a magic formula if you advertise directly to the consumer every consumer sales would go up a partnership with the right ad agency and the right banker meant you could drive a company to be almost as big as you could imagine after advertising we're almost back to where we started but instead of products succeeding by slow and awkward word of mouth the power of our new networks allows remarkable ideas to diffuse through segments of the population at rocket speed. As marketers, we know the old stuff isn't working and we know why because as consumers we are too busy to pay attention to advertising but we, but we are desperate to find a good but we're desperate to find good stuff that solves our problems. That is so true. We are too tired to do the research but we want the good stuff. Um, the greatest thing since sliced bread. In 1912, Otto Frederick Roweda, Roweda, I think, invented sliced bread. What a great idea. A simple machine that could take a loaf of bread and slice it. The machine was a complete failure. This was the beginning of of the advertising age. And that meant that a good product with lousy marketing had very little chance of success. It wasn't until about 20 years later when a a new brand, Called Wanda started marketing sliced bread that the invasion caught on. It was the packaging, the advertising, uh, in bracket, build strong bodies, build strong bodies 12 ways that worked. Not the sheer convenience and uh, that worked, not the sheer convenience and innovation of pre-slicing bread. Did you ever, did you notice a revolution? Over the past 20 years, a quiet revolution has changed the way some people think about advertising about marketing, sorry. Tom Peters took the first work with the pursuit of WOW, a visionary book that described why the only products with a future were those created by passionate people. Too often, big companies are scared companies and they work to minimize any variation, including including the good stuff that happens when people who care create something special. Peppers and Rogers in the auto, uh Pepper and Rogers in the one-to-one future took a simple truth that it's cheaper to keep an old customer. Uh, that is cheaper, that it's cheaper to keep an old customer than it is to get a new one. And articulated the entire field of customer relationship management. They showed that there are only four kinds of people: prospects, customers, loyal, loyal customers, and former cost customers. Aki, that is so true. <laughs> And that the loyal customers are often happy to spend more money with you. Yeah, that's true. In the crossing of Chasm, jo- Geoff Moore outlined how new products and new ideas move through a population. They follow a curve beginning with innovation, innovators and early adopters, growing into the majority and eventually reaching the laggards. With more focus on technology, uh, with while more focused on technology, on technology products, his insights about the curve apply to just about every product or service offered to any audience. That's true. Even when Mpesa started, it had to go through the curve. Um, so I'm going to put a pause here to just talk in regards to the IGTV. So if you want to continue listening to the, for me, continuing to read the book, I will leave the link to the podcast. So in the bio, click the bio, you listen to the, to the, the complete episode, episode yeah episode and yeah i'll see you guys i hope you get the chance to actually listen to the full episode uh so let's continue um in the tipping point malcolm gladwell oh i love malcolm gladwell oh malcolm gladwell clearly articulated how ideas clearly articulated how ideas spread through populations from one person to another. In unleashing the idea virus, I pushed this idea even further, describing how the most effective business ideas are the ones that spread. And finally, in permission marketing, I outlined the the ever-growing attention deficit that marketers face. I also discussed how companies win when they treat the attention of their prospects as an asset and not as a resource to be strip, strip mined and then abandoned. What, what? I also discussed how companies win when they treat the attention of their prospects as an asset. or oh, and not as a resource to be stripped mined and then abandoned. Yeah, that's true. Like getting the attention of people is a lot of work. Like if you have people's attention, I think you really need to value the fact that they take that you, their time to even listen to you. Uh, at many companies most of these proven ideas have been treated as novelties my friend nancy is the head of new media at one of the largest packed goods companies in the world guess what she's in charge she's a department of one of all these of all okay of all of all of these new ideas new media has become a synonym for no budget instead of accepting that the old ways are fading fast most companies with a product to market are treating these proven new techniques as interesting fads worth another look but not worthy but not worth using as the center of their strategy um so here's a diagram over here which has attention word of mouth inertia and choices and it's written the squeeze play marketers can't get the word marketers can't get the word out because jaded consumers refuse to share their attention Customers rely on their tried-and-true suppliers or on their network of smart friends instead of studying the ads on TV. Okay, I didn't mean that. Let's continue. Uh, Why you need the purple cow. Forty years ago, Rom Simek, the owner of Tombstone Tab, a bar named for the cemetery next door decided to offer a frozen version of his pizza to his customers. It caught on. And before long, Tombstone Pizza was dominating your grocer, your grocer's freezer. Kraft Foods bought the brand in, in 1986, advertised it like crazy, and made billions. This was a great American success story. Invent a product everyone wants, wants advertise it to the masses, and make a lot of money. This strategy didn't work this strategy didn't just work for pizza, it works for almost everything in your house, including aspirin. Imagine how much fun it must have been to be the first person to make aspir- to market aspirin. Here was a product that was just about every, here was a product that just about every person on earth needed and wanted. A product that was inexpensive, easy to try and immediately beneficial. Obviously it was a big hit. Today, a quick visit to the drugstore turns up Advil, uh, Ali, Alive, Alka, Selsa, Morning Relief, Anakin, As, eh, Ascriptin, Aspergium, Bear, Bear Children's, Bear Regime, Bear Women's, BC, Bufferin, Cope, Exotrin, Excedrin, Extra Strength, Goodies, Motrin, Nuprin, St. Joseph, Tylenol, and of course, Banquish. Within each of these brands, there are variation sizes and gen, uh, there are variation sizes and generics, adding up to more than a hundred products to choose from. Think it's still easy to be an aspirin marketer? Definitely, it's not <laughs> with all these other brands. And I think that's how it is right now. Nothing is new under the sun. So if you start something, you're competing with every other person who's already doing that thing. Um. If you develop if you developed a new kind of pain reliever, even one that was a bit better than all of those that I've just listed, what would you do? The obvious answer, if you've got the money and you believe in your product, is to spend all you've got to buy tons of national TV and print advertising. You'll face a few problems though. First, you need you need people who want to buy your to buy a pain reliever. While it's a huge market, it's not everyone. Once you find the people who buy pain relievers, then you need People who want to buy a new kind, after all, plenty of people want the original kind, the kind they grew up with. If someone has found a convenient, trusted, efficient pain reliever, he's probably not out there wasting time for a replacement. That is true. Like we buy what we grew up with: Blue Band, Omo, or Toss. Um, what, yeah, what we are, what we are used to. Um, finally you need to find the people willing to listen to you talk about your new pain reliever the vast majority of folks are just too busy and will ignore you regardless of how many ads you buy so you just went from an audience of everyone to an audience of a fraction of the size not only are these folks hard to find but they are picky as well being being fast in the frozen being fast in the frozen pizza category was a good idea being fast in the pain relievers was even a better idea alas they are both taken let's consider yoga books for a second the problem with books about how to do yoga is that there are too many of them a few years ago when yoga when yoga books were scarce all a publisher needed needed to be successful was a good yoga book if you if people had a yoga problem that visit the local bookstore take a quick look at Three or four books available and buy one. Today, though, there are more than five hundred books on yoga. Nobody, no matter how motivated, takes the time to review all five hundred before buying a copy, buying a book on yoga. So, if you've written one, you've got a challenge ahead of you. Not only is there a huge amount of commit of competition, but new books on yoga are useless to people who have already solved their yoga problem and. Uh, solve their yoga problem all those folks who visited the store a few years ago and made yoga books so popular are no longer shopping for yoga books here's the sad truth about marketing just about anything whether it's a product or a service whether it's marketed to consumers or to corporations most people can't buy your product either they don't have the money they don't have the time or they don't want it if an audience doesn't have the money to buy what you're selling at the price you need to sell it for, you don't have a market. If an audience doesn't have the time to listen and understand your pitch, you'll be treated as if you are invisible. And if an audience takes the time to hear your pitch, but decides they don't want it, well, you're not going to get very far. <laughs> it's so true. Damn. This wasn't true just 20 years ago. Way back then, consumers had a lot more time and fewer, far fewer choices. Our disposable income had fewer ways to get squandered. So so if a company came up with a really neat innovation, the cell phone, for example, we'd find a way to pay for it. Years ago, our highly productive economy figured out how to satisfy everyone's needs. Then, then the game changed. It was all about satisfying our wants. The marketing community taught us with plenty of TV advertising, to want more and more and more, and consumers did their best to keep up. Among the people who might buy your product, most will never hear about it. There are so many alternatives now that people can no longer be easily reached by mass media. Busy consumers ignore unwanted messages, that's true. Like when you see a YouTube ad and then you just skip, when you it just starts there, and you're like, skip ad. <laughs> While your competition, which already has market share to defend, is willing to overspend, to maintain that market share. Oh my God, that's true. I think that's why like advertising companies, especially with big companies can never die because then they will always pay more to retain that market. Worse still, people are getting harder to reach by permission media. Just because you have someone's email address or phone number doesn't mean they want to hear from you. (laughs) And setting aside the spam issue, even when people do want to hear from you by phone or mail or email, they are less and less likely to take action. Your satisfied consumers value these messages less because those messages no longer solve their current problems. Companies have gotten better at understanding what satisfies their consumers and presumably have gotten better at delivering it. So the bar keeps getting raised as to what product, as to what product news you can possibly deliver that will add to that satisfaction. I wasn't being totally. Uh, Fetishist. When I quoted the former head of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, almost everything we can realistically imagine that we need has been invented. Keep that in mind. <laughs> the last hurdle is that idea virus networks are hard to are hard to ignite in markets that are fairly satisfied because marketers have overwhelmed consumers with too much. Of everything, people are less likely to go out of their way to tell a friend about a product unless they are fairly optimistic that their friend will be will be glad to hear about it. When was the last time someone told you about a new pain reliever? It's a boring topic and your friend is not going to waste your time. There's too much noise. There is there's too much noise, and consumers are less eager to, than ever to add to it. This is true. This is true not just for consumer products, but also for business and industrial purchases people who buy for people who buy for businesses whether it's advertising parts service insurance or real estate they just aren't as needy as they used to be the folks who got there before you have huge inertia advantage if you know if you want to grow your market share or launch something new you have a significant challenge ahead bottom line all of one all the obvious targets are gone so people are are, aren't likely to have all the obvious targets are gone so people aren't likely to have easily solved problems that means their problems are more complex two consumers are hard to reach because they ignore you three satisfied customers are less likely to tell their friends oh my god the old rules don't work so well anymore marketing is dead long live marketing (laughs) so that's the end of that uh the next one is seems like it's uh It's like a different topic and I just wanted to end it here for just the beginning. And everything he's saying is true. Like everything is harder as a marketer. I'm a marketer and it's true. Like I'm in the printing and branding industry and I'm not the only one. We are a bunch of us. So what can make a company pick me and not pick all the 100 other companies that are out there still marketing to them? And this is like a real challenge I face today because I had a client asking me for mugs and so i talked to one of my suppliers and asked them send them a variety of mugs and the client is like yeah among the things you've sent us we don't they still what we're looking for is still not there and definitely they have other suppliers who are still going to contact them and send them a bunch of other mugs that they're looking for and they they have a wide literally what i'm trying to say this organization has a wide array of suppliers to pick from and therefore they'll get a wide variety of things to pick from and so as a printer as a small printer in this nairobi what do i do to stand out and that is why we're reading this book so we can figure out Uh, i've talked about the challenge of my instagram page which is um i've since covid happened i have had to learn how to i've never done marketing on social media for a business like i have my own personal account but now the podcast has its own page and that is a business on its own i'm doing my best to kind of create content around it and it's not easy to get people's attention it's not it's like you have they have to see what they're getting from you and even with that they can still find that with other people they really don't have to come to me so i am excited to read this book and to read it with you guys, I hope you're excited. Let's learn something. I hope, by the way, when we are doing the next one, I think I'll be releasing these episodes on Saturday. I'll release them on Saturday, and I think you should read, listen to this uh, book reading episode with a notebook so that you can write down the points that we are going to get from this Seth Gordon's Purple Cow. And let's learn. Let's do better. Let's 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 change our businesses um thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me i really appreciate it. please follow me on instagram our page is at mbl underscore podcast that's mango banana lemon underscore podcast bye